0: the top of the interview, this interview is with Emily Keener, um, and we are talking about her show that is happening March 27th on the internet, in your house, on virtual shows CLE with Brent Kirby and Jenna from the band Knights. Um, Now this is my first Skype interview, so it's got a little bit of a different sound, but you can hear everything she's got to say, and we get right into it, it's a good conversation. So here's Emily Keener. Here, let me do some audio testing now. Um, say, How's it going? <laughs> it's going great. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Cool, cool. cool. All right, well, thanks for doing this.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. That's
0: a great idea. Yeah, well, thanks. Um, everything, uh, you had a conference, was there your sister had a conference? I'm trying to see, you got a yeah, good angle. So my
1: sister- <laughs> my sister is from uh she's home from college right now and they're doing uh online classes in light of all the COVID-19 stuff um so it's just like ginormous zoom chats going on yeah. for several hours a day
0: <laughs> whoa so she's actually just taking her classes online
1: yep and she's That's a musical insane. theater maker so <laughs> super <laughs> super oh snap. she's like no it's not working like th- none of this makes it's sense clear. but they're learning
0: anyways i guess <laughs> well, that's cool i can't imagine uh that's gonna wh- what's her uh, what's her main voice
1: um mainly voice but she's doing everything like she's doing acting and dance as well so she's <laughs> doing ballet classes and jazz and like
0: that's all awesome. this shit. That's younger, funny. older sister
1: she's a year younger than me
0: oh, okay cool so music's in the family then
1: it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. my brother, is a, he's a musical theater performer as well. Um, he's yeah. mostly into acting.
0: He's also got a great voice. Gotcha. What was it? Uh, so everyone seems to be kind of going down that theater route. Did you do that?
1: I did a couple shows uh, in my teen years, and I really enjoyed it, but it just never was something I really wanted to like pursue in a big way. It was just more of like a fun like occasional hobby for me but they really like latched onto it and did really well so yeah. Nice.
0: Well it's like a different it's like a different song structure it's a different like approach to like everything i feel like i i appreciate but i i, I haven't been able to dive into it yet. I haven't found that one musical that's been like this is for you and now you get yeah. it. I'm still <laughs> I
1: feel the same way I do yeah for me it's like it's it they're fun to they're definitely fun to be in but it's not something that I necessarily go out of my way to it's not like a form of media I go out of my way to consume I just really enjoy watching them do what they do yeah. and that's about
0: well that's cool you know and I guess that's a good like as far as like siblings like you can be like okay they do that. They really get that. I'm doing mm-hmm. this. I'm good at that. There's no like sibling like sibling rivalry or, <laughs> or anything. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's it's kind of nice. Like we all like we kind of do our own thing and just support each other on the side. But it's not necessarily like we're we're in the same universe, you know.
0: Yeah. Was it? Um So. Okay, well, I should. um, this is the Zig at the Gig podcast. I'm talking with Emily Keener. We take the sights and sound in Cleveland and give a voice to it. Um, And we're here talking about your virtual show. We're going to be talking about your virtual show with uh, Michelle Gall. Hell yeah.
1: Friday, right? It is
0: Friday at eight
1: o'clock. I'm super excited
0: for it. Have you tuned into one of them?
1: I actually have not, which is super funny. because You would think that I would have a bunch of time on my hands to tune into them, but the nights that they've been so far, I've had other meetings and interviews and obligations to do. uh,
0: Good, good, good to stay busy.
1: But I'm really excited to be part of it because I, I saw, I saw screenshots. I saw lots of really positive feedback from it. And I'm obviously Michelle's a longtime friend of mine and it's just really cool to see how quickly she got it off the ground and how other people came in to help. And, um, yeah, I love the whole vibe.
0: Yeah. It just, it took off. She put it out there and people were like, that's a good idea. And like, I think she was just right ahead of that curve that like, if she didn't do it when she did it, someone else would have, and I'm glad it was gone. Cause she's definitely going to give back to the community.
1: Hell yeah. It's so <laughs> funny. Cause people we- a couple of weeks before all this uh, virus stuff happened, as far as like it actually impacting our lives, um, we were talking about how like just creative ways we could think to make money, you know, just yeah. as musicians, even before all this happened, when things <laughs> were like, um, we were like, oh, what can we do to like, just kind of capitalize on, uh, on certain aspects of, of this, of this career or whatever. Um, you and Gaw? yeah yeah we were just chatting about it and and thinking about just ways to connect with audiences we were thinking about online connection even then and when all of this shit went down she gave me a call she was like I have this idea and I was like that's a great idea I was in the middle of a million things I was like let's talk about this tomorrow let's chat about this and by the time that I like connected with her again. Like it was already happening. Like she had the ball rolling. She had it all. Like she was so on it, and yeah. it was just. Awesome. She was had really a
0: cool. whole team rolling with it. I don't. It all just pieced together real well. I did a pretty long interview with her explaining the. It was almost like a twenty forty-eight hour. You know, what I mean, if you ever see one of those shows where they break it down, like Gall broke it down like that, it was really cool. But uh, that's awesome. Wow, that's so. How long have you known Gall? When have a
1: Probably since I guess maybe not that long, maybe since twenty seventeen. Um, okay. We met. We, went, we were playing a show together at the Heights Music Shop uh, for their summer concert oh, series. Okay,
0: that place. Uh, that place shut down, yeah. right? I
1: believe so. Yeah, uh, from recollection. Was um, it a
0: songwriter? Sorry.
1: No, I thought you were good. It was. Um, I, I don't know if it was a songwriter specifically. It was just. I think it was just their. Maybe it was like their original music summer concert series because she was playing the first set and I was playing the second set. Um, And I just remember it being a lovely little summer show. And uh, yeah, we just ended up hitting it off and chatting. And yeah, we just, yeah, been cool ever since. She's great.
0: Yeah, is the best. Um, When was like, with this whole COVID-19 thing, um, how, well, you've been doing music professionally since you were 12. Is that, is that the truth? Wow, that's insane that's how'd that work out like
1: <laughs> i uh so i I was actually homeschooled my whole life okay at um, high school and everything
0: was so a, I was that like a choice on your end or family end or
1: I mean a little as much as you can be down with a choice when you're like six years old I was like okay. sweet oh, that oh so weird. like
0: oh, okay wow like the whole okay okay yeah,
1: yeah. So I went to school in first grade, um, and then basically we moved out to the country. Um, and you know the school systems out here aren't necessarily uh, you know what we were looking to get involved in, I guess. Yeah. And my parents were like, "Well, we're just gonna do it at home. Um, so that's, we'll, that's figure awesome.
0: wow. we'll, we'll figure
1: it out. Wow, we'll figure it out." My mom actually did a great job, um, and so it it just it left me with a good chunk of free time. Um, you know, I was obviously still doing schoolwork, but I had a lot of flexibility as far as what I chose to do with the rest of my time. And I decided to pick up guitar when I was 11, um, started writing songs around the time that I was 12 and performing about six months after that. So I was playing at bars and wineries by the time I was like 12 and a
0: half. (laughs) Jeez. That's awesome. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Like, was it as a music as a music teacher? I teach a lot of kids that are that age, and like trying to get them just to the play a song they want to learn on the guitar is insane, and like so the self like discipline and dedication that you had at twelve that's impressive.
1: Thank you. <laughs> I think I've always just had like a um a tendency to like focus in on things. I guess you know when I decide to when I decide to. Um, get into something you know I'm really into it and I've I've, yeah I've literally been into music for 10 years almost 11 um, and that's pretty cool like that's- I just enjoy I enjoy thinking about my journey it's been wild it was definitely an interesting challenging way to grow up but I'm grateful for how everything happened
0: and when you say in the country where are you at
1: so I grew up in Wakeman and I'm okay. actually here now because I'm going to be staying here until all this virus stuff kind of blows over and be with Good my time. family. Yeah, it's been it's been nice. Um, but, so it's basically like if you know where Norwalk is, it's like yeah. 20 minutes away from Norwalk, okay. like an hour southwest of Cleveland.
0: OK, well, Norwalk's um, got some cool stuff musically going on. Like, yeah for sure a,
1: yeah I had a lot of really cool people growing up here um some of my
0: closest friends are from Norwalk and
1: we're we're tight to this day so
0: that's odd that's a cool town like I forget I did some Norwalk fest there with a couple of groups I was in like for two years oh. in a row I can't remember what it was called but they like the main street downtown they had like music at happening at in front of at these storefronts and uh mm-hmm. was,
1: was it the imagine Norwalk thing yeah
0: yeah. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what it was.
1: Cool, yeah. I was that? like, funny. I did. So yeah, I did that probably a few summers in a row. I mean, I, I think I w- I played at every, um, every summer that it was going, I played it at least once cause I was just kind of around and, and knew all the folks. So that's really funny. I didn't yeah. know that you played
0: those. Two. Yeah. We probably crossed paths like a bunch of times before and didn't know it. Like that would make sense. that's awesome. <laughs> but okay. So, uh, when did, okay, so you're out that way. That's like an hour and a half. When did you start branching this way into Cleveland? Like if you're playing – if you're 12 and you're playing out, you're not going to Cleveland on a – I guess I guess you don't really have to worry about school night. So I guess you could have. Right. You could have gone out right. to Cleveland like on a Wednesday and played like – I did. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I would play – Play at sports bars in in Cleveland sometimes too. Usually more like in the suburbs around Cleveland because that was more like my crowd at that That's time it. for my like Jason Mraz covers and shit.
0: <laughs> um,
1: um, so that was that was my bag. Um, and yeah, the, you know it, it was it was like every at least every other weekend, if not every weekend, I was like busy with shows and every week like it was like my that was my extracurricular activity. That's where I.
0: express myself yeah yeah it was kind of insane (laughs) was uh would you do like whole sets when you're playing bar gigs are you doing like three hour sets as at 12 damn wow man it took me
1: a lot of covers um yeah basically i was just playing i was playing for um three hours most of the time good chunk of covers and just slowly as i started to write more music i've you know got the balance out to like 50 50 covers originals and just kept working on that um and then eventually like around the time I turned 16 I kind of stopped with the bar and winery gigs and I was yeah. doing more like um like more like intimate ticketed events and stuff and that's where I've been you know ever since those are more the types of shows that I do That's um
0: awesome.
1: yeah yeah, yeah. That's was, so cool.
0: like, cut the- my teeth in was yeah. <laughs> it well the bar the bar gigs and the like the winery gigs they're like they're different gigs you're like not as, you're like a part ray put it in a way he's like you were part of the atmosphere cuz i do a lot of bar gigs and a lot of like just when you're playing 3 the 4 hours and you're just part of this background noise and like ray right. had an interesting ray flanagan i did an interview with him before his show he had an interesting twist on it where like um if the music's off People are going to notice, but if it's on, you're, you're doing fine. And like, yeah, it's something about those gigs where you're just like, you're kind of dying up there. You're like, I don't know if I'm doing okay. <laughs> like, cause a lot of times you just become part of the atmosphere.
1: Someone validate me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Someone validate <laughs> just one of these. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be all right. Wow. Oh my th- God. That's so that's... crazy. Like that you were doing that at 12. That is so cool. I started that at 16 and didn't get good at that to, like, now. <laughs> like, wow. So the transition between going to a ticketed gig and from, like, a bar gig, how, like, it's all – there's so much, like, so many people trying to do music and trying to get even a gig at a bar. You know, that's, like, a – that's a market that's people are trying to get involved with. How do you branch from that to that? Was it a gradual thing? Did you meet, like, a, a manager or did you find, like, sources that way?
1: It's a good question. I mean, I think for me, I, I think I started branching out into different performance situations um, with opening gigs to start with. Mm-hmm. You know, like there would be certain artists who were kind of at a, you know a couple of tiers higher than me that would have a show going on in a small theater and be like, hey, you know, we play an opening set. Like, um, and it, and so it just kind of got me used to the idea of the music itself being yeah. an event. Um, And and kind of working towards playing more shows like that. Um, And so, yeah, I haven't played at a bar winery or restaurant in years. Like, you know, all these, you know, sometimes I'm in that situation. Like if there's a private party going on and we happen to be in a venue like that, then yes, technically I'm in a, in a, but you know, it's usually when I'm playing, it's like, I'm there because people are there to see me or are paying specifically for me to be there like it's more like it's almost like more um exclusive or something yeah. um but a lot of that honestly has to do with my time on the voice and kind of like the notoriety that comes with that that was a big help
0: in transitioning
1: yeah. to uh, bigger stages bigger rooms you know
0: for sure i'd imagine well that's a, that's a platform like when you look at your spotify yeah. everyone that your related artists or the people you did that with and like the singles you did from that, how'd that come out? You just like signed up for it and did it and just like it kept going or is it something you prepped for mentally and you're like, I'm going to do this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was never something, <laughs> it was never something that I had on my radar as far as like, I want to do that. Like, this is what I want. Um, it was kind of more of a happenstance, like a friend of a friend happened to know the casting producer who was working on the show at the time. And they had this random open audition slot um and they were like well we want to send you to do this and you can say no if you don't like the vibe but you should go and you should give it a shot and see if they like you and at that point the band that i had been playing with for a few months had just broken up
0: i was like Yeah, yeah yeah Uh
1: yeah i was part of like they they kind of like expanded to a an eight-piece band and i was part of like the members that they had and that was super fun we played for like six months um it was great but then it ended and i was like okay now what um and so this audition opportunity popped up at the same time and i was kind of like well um i can't i can't like not try like i just i wanted to explore it i was curious about it so i went um they loved what i did and it it was from there that things just kind of snowballed um
0: Oh yeah, I did that. If you're gigging professionally at 12, how old were you when you did the voice?
1: I was 16.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. So like when you did yeah. that and you started to cuz you made it pretty you made it top 12, right? I did, like, yes. Jeez, that's insane. Like, Thanks. I I watched I've, I would watch some of those shows and I I get really like I don't like music being a competition, but I do appreciate the people that are doing it. I'm like wow that's got to be a lot of pressure and like when it gets to like the the you know what i mean like the actual competition end of it you're like wow i would definitely i would choke up and i would i would mess up doing that so that's a oh my God. hats off to Terrible. that
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank you thanks it, it's, it's a lot of hard work it's definitely um one of the hardest things i've ever done it's very um, – it's interesting because I learned so much from that experience and I gained a lot. I became a totally elevated – like, I I definitely – I grew more than I thought that I could, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I would never do it again. Like, I got <laughs> what I got that, like that. Yeah. And it's totally like – I'm like – it's almost like a different person when I look back. Obviously, you know, I was 16, 17, you know, just yeah. still, like, very – very much figuring out who I was. Um, but now I, I just look back and see like, okay, you did a lot of hard work and we got to this place and now it's just moving forward, you know?
0: Well, that's, that's an excellent mindset to take out of like coming up from a hype like that. Cause I imagine like going from a bar gig to like a, a TV show, like the size of that one, Like, the production behind it's got to be insane. Like, you go from, yeah, your corner's over there, I moved the table, you can put your (laughs) mic there, to, like, this is, you probably had a green room. And, like, (laughs) what was that, like, so when you audition for it, you do one song, right, and that's kind of the song they put out, like, the first? And, like, when you are in the next rounds or whatever, I know it's, like, each one's recorded. Was that the live take of it, or did you do a, like another version of it
1: so we the the songs that were released were recorded in a studio okay um in la and then everything everything you heard that like that was being performed live on stage that was actually it was either recorded live on the stage or actually broadcast live on national tv wow so like the first the first three songs that of mine that were on the show were like taped in advance. Yeah. And then they release them. And then once you get to a certain point on the show, um like the top 12, then it's aired live. Um because then they have a, a fewer amount of contestants and it's easier to run that whole production live. If they were trying oh, to do that with yeah. 48 people, it would be literally impossible and they wouldn't be able to cut everything properly. So
0: Yeah, you'd have yeah. to be like, "Ah, oh, let me uh, the the bass drum was picking up too much bass guitar." Like it <laughs> would be right. a mess. Wow. Like with this yeah. whole COVID 19 thing, I've been diving down the video realm. So is everyone else on the internet. You know what I mean? Like you can't go on Facebook without seeing that people are doing some weird stuff. Like they're like, oh, I'm coloring the plungers. This is a to Tune in and watch me paint this plunger. And like, <laughs>
1: but... this is hard. let us connect
0: with us. <laughs> Sorry, one more time. What?
1: it's just like people i I totally get what you're saying it's like this this plunger and painting is high art let us connect (laughs) over
0: this and make it a real thing i don't know it's just it's very but like people are so i've been diving in the video rabbit hole for a while trying to i actually i book shows at negative space as a side do you have you been there i've been there yeah okay I'm trying to work a whole product video production for them, so learning about how to make little GoPros work, and so a big production like that's got to be crazy. So that makes sense that they were, you know, you would track it and you'd get up there and you would do it, and then that that'd make it flow real easy. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, they have a lot of people working on the show, a lot of cogs in that machine for sure.
0: Wow, wow, wow! And to be 16 and try to wrap your mind around like, what do you mean? I'm not just gonna play it. Like, I don't know, like. To go into it and just be like, yep, this is how we do it. That's like, wow, that's awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Um, it
1: was a cool experience.
0: So from there, when you came back after that, did opportunities open up like for to do these more intimate type shows or did you have to go seek them or did you find help to seek them?
1: It's a good question. Um, I definitely had help in setting them up, but venues were really receptive to the idea of having me headline shows which was pretty new for me like i had i had played in these intimate spaces but it usually was more of an opening gig but now you know just coming home and there being a lot of like hype around um the general locale yeah. um it was just cool like all of a sudden i was like okay people are paying to see me like i'm the headliner i'm yeah. gonna put on a show. this is gonna be my thing um so i had help in basically putting together some homecoming shows Um, and there were times when I would actually play like, so during the time when I was taping the show, I would have trips home occasionally, um, because, you know, things weren't really airing yet and I could still, you know, come home and play shows. Um, so the shows that I did in those times were also really successful too, because people were, you know, they saw the first episode and they got all hyped up about it. Um, so that was a really interesting time. It got me used to the whole process of, you know. Um, planning shows as events and and kind of creating an experience uh for people so the, yeah that that year actually ever since then I've had some really cool shows. I mean, the hype was obviously bigger that year, but yeah it was it was cool from then on out for That's the most awesome. part
0: what was yeah it? you got, I just wanna I know no one's gonna see this, but you got a real good angle, and I got your my phone balanced on a camera and I <laughs> seen a glare in my mic, so you're good. <laughs>
1: Like your cat
0: tree. Yeah, this is the this is the cat cave. Usually they're all over me when I'm doing these. Oh, kitty. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm the I'm definitely a cat person. Um, so I forgot cat of thought. Um, now so when you came back and that hype was real and like you're getting gigs, like who are some people you're opening for? Like maybe before and then kind of after. Like mm-hmm. I was gonna ask you that, but we kind of got. The kind of kept going that one path but who are some like local artists that you were or maybe a national artist that you hopped on and were opening for
1: Hmm. so it's funny because like after i got off the show several of the opening gigs that i had planned actually fell through so the cooler ones like before that for whatever reason but at one point i opened up for lee nash from six pants none the richer because she was doing a set at a local listening room and she's badass she's really cool um opened up for howie day um i'm trying to think of like other national touring artists um my favorite artist that i've opened up for would be jessica lee mayfield though i opened up for her at the beachland
0: yeah yeah
1: uh, what year was that i think that was 2018
0: 2018 Um, okay cool yeah that was that was like the most yeah she's awesome i saw her (laughs) In two thousand in twenty fifteen, I think at the grog shop, cool. And I think she just started going as Jessica Lee, Lee Mayfield. What was she before? Do you remember? She had like a, oh. a different name before she was going under. And the girl I was seeing at the time, like knew her from whatever her first stage name. Oh, uh, anyway, it was it was cool. She puts you on. Yeah, that- I never knew that. Yeah, it's it's like, it's something with, I don't think she, I don't think she wants people to know about it. I think maybe they're like those recordings, like, uh, yeah, cool. Uh, I'm Jessica Lee Mayfield now. I go by that, not what, <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Sometimes I've wanted to do that, just like change my name. Cause like, I, again, like I have respect for, you know, the stuff I've done in the past, but I was just, I was just talking to a friend about this earlier today. I was like,
0: Hold on, like, like the
1: the stuff that I'm about to release is definitely
0: What's up? Uh sorry you got you uh, you froze for a second. So you're talking to a friend.
1: Oh okay. Yeah, I was talking to a friend earlier today about um just how I feel about my older music and I was saying like, you know, when I listen to it now I just hear a kid, like I just yeah. hear like a little baby. <laughs> um which is cool, like yeah. I'm proud of that, but now it's like the stuff I'm about to release feels like it's very much like authentically uh me, like in a yeah. more mature way. That's, that's going to be super fun. It's tempting to want to like totally separate it from my old stuff, but I'm just trying to be cool about, you know, like allowing the journey to exist on record, you know? Yeah.
0: When those records, I'm sure like your first record is going to mean way more to, I don't want to say it's someone else than to you, but you know, to some degree (laughs) their experience is defined by that record being available and growing up and hearing that and following your journey so yeah, it's, it's cool that that is as hard as it is as an artist to listen back to your first record and be like, ugh, really? <laughs> Thirds there, ugh, I did that lick or ugh, whatever. Like to someone else, that means the world, and it's hard to define their experience without like critiquing your own. So
1: like, right cause at
0: that point, it's it's like theirs now, like it's yeah. not mine anymore. And like, so to take it away. It's like it's a weird spot, you know, because you, you just wanted to show your best stuff. I get it. Um, but you you were going to come out with a record next month? May?
1: It's in May. Yeah.
0: Okay. And that's still and so, he's still going to drop it? Everything's still going to go?
1: Yeah, yeah. So the release itself is still on track as planned. it's just whether it's super doubtful that there's going to be a release show at this point. I'll be honest with yeah. you. Unless things miraculously turn around. Um, I, I I haven't made any official announcements about that. I'm not saying that it's going to be any one way or another, but chances are it's going to be mainly a digital release and we're going to just focus on connecting online, um, and just shipping out, you know, albums to, you know, people who kind of already had planned on doing that. There's still going to be vinyl, like all that.
0: Um,
1: yes, it's just the live show aspect. That's and the touring aspect that's in jeopardy. So how yeah.
0: often do you tour? <laughs> do you go on tours a lot?
1: Not very often. I, yeah. I've done some solo touring, um, and had some great experiences with that. I've always loved it. Just the travel, the aspect of traveling and, um, just cheering music in new places. It's one of my favorite things. Um, I was gearing up to book a tour for later in the summer. Yeah. Um, but then all of this stuff happened. Yeah. Thank God we actually secured dates and like put, you know, money oh, yeah, behind it, yeah. Sure. Um, but yeah, definitely that—that's kind of like dead in the water at this point. It just doesn't feel there's no there's no sure thing, I guess, for the rest of this year. So I'm just kind of biding my time on that.
0: <laughs> yeah, good call. Do you do all your booking? Do you work with somebody?
1: So right now, I do. Uh, yeah. I do all my. Yeah, I would love to have. Oh my god, I know. that <laughs> 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 Oh
0: man, because I've been doing all our booking, and all, I've been trying to do. I play in a band called Sea level and uh, cool. uh, we, uh, what I'll do is I'll book a solo thing by myself. I'll pick a town, figure out all the spots, learn the thing, go out there by myself, meet people, then bring the band, and then like, hopefully move from venue to venue, you know, up from like a DIY to like an actual venue to a bigger venue, and so far it's worked yeah. until, uh, until our, our Holt stop with uh, this COVID-19 stuff. And with uh with your new record that you're coming out, do you it's not the Walmax, right? It's the Dalton band or
1: uh so I it's basically just, it just me. You... It's it's me. Um I do have musicians that back me up on the record and I produced it with Dalton Brand. We co-produced it together. Okay, so they're um, on the record. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Um and it's yeah, it was a really great experience. I feel like it's um, it's very much what I wanted to create, so I'm happy about it.
0: The single sounds awesome.
1: Thank you, thank you. That? It Means a
0: lot. The album cover is cooler. It gives me like a a '90s album cover vibe. I don't know if that's oh, I don't know if that's no, what you were going for, but I can't, that's what it made me think of. Um,
1: I don't know if I was going for anything and like anything in particular, but that to me that's a compliment. So
0: sweet. <laughs> I mean it. I mean every word of it. Then. <laughs> Was it um are the Dalton Band? Who are they and how would you meet them? Are they involved with uh the Walmax at all? Are they a new uh, new group of musicians you've come across from your travels or?
1: So it's actually just one guy. His name is Dalton Brand, and um, we like he engineered and
0: produced it. Wait, his um, name is Wal- Dalton Brand or Dalton Band? Dalton Brand. Yeah. Oh, have I been saying? I thought I read it band. <laughs> <laughs> That's that quarantine Absolutely. brain.
1: <laughs> That's really funny. No, yeah, so it's, it's we co-produced it together and he engineered it at his studio. Um, and then the musicians that I played with, um, let's see if I can go down the list. Dan Fernandez uh, was drumming for me. Eli Hanley played keys. Uh, Seth Bain played bass on the record. My friend Curtis Leonard played guitar on one track. Um, and Kathleen from the KD is also going to be featured on the oh, record cool. as well.
0: Yeah, she that. rips
1: yeah yeah she really does she's fire i love her
0: was it a so where did you is that all tracked like out by you or did you come up this way
1: um so that dalton studio is up in port clinton ohio so it's okay. over kind of south of where the islands would be um yeah so we recorded mostly out there and uh yeah yeah
0: and it's that all was, done mastered ready to roll
1: yep yep everything is done record wise so now it's just the re- the next um next month and a half is just gonna be promoting it and and doing press stuff and trying to figure out how to make everything work in this new era of global <laughs> <cool> pandemic
0: <laughs> yeah for real wow i mean that's a, I mean that's the hardest part too when you get everything done and you want to share it and you can't share it and you gotta wait and you gotta like right. are you yep. dropping any other singles up until
1: I am. Yeah, there's going to be another single released on April 13th. Um and then one more the week before the record comes out in May.
0: Oh, so, cool. yeah. How many tracks is on the record?
1: There are I'm going to say I'm going to say 9. I nine? don't know off the top of my head. I'm pretty <laughs> sure there are 9, but it's like a it's a full LP, so it's about like 45
0: minutes. Okay, sweet. Now, I, I I've been trying to start these interviews off like um asking about how COVID-19 has day-to-day like stopped, but we kind of went down the rabbit hole of just like family and stuff like that. But for your day-to-day, when was it like, what was like the, like, Holy crap, this is happening here. Moment for you with this whole thing. Was it a gig cancellation? Was it?
1: Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, so I, I didn't have enough like, I didn't have any real number of gigs booked for this month or next month. So it didn't necessarily like hit me immediately, I guess, if that makes sense. But when they, what was it? Um, I knew that it was real for several days and I was like conscious that it was real and it was probably going to affect me. But when they closed down the bars and the restaurants, I was like, it's (laughs) like, it it, kind of like took me out of shock a little bit. And I was like, okay, I, I get it now. Like, this is, this is real. Um, and the same day that that happened, I ended up just like packing up everything from, from Lakewood and coming out to here to stay with my family. Cause at that point my mom was just like, please like come here. Don't be, don't be Cleveland. Like just come stay with us. Um, and so work to make it happen. And all the while I'm just like, damn, this is going to change everything about most people's lives for a really long time. Uh,
0: for sure. So
1: super weird. Um, I also, ha- I had a, like a, like a smaller, like part-time job in the service industry as well that I had yeah. just started in December. Um, and that was pretty nice supplemental income. So that is not there anymore. Um, just,
0: you know, yeah, and that makes Bye it
1: then.
0: that makes it hard to like keep living out in Lakewood. For me, it yeah. was a. Uh, have you been to the Good Kind, that coffee place in Lakewood on Madison? I went Love there. Good and, yeah, that place is awesome. I went there. Yeah. And I, I was like, yeah, I got my reusable cup, and they're like, yeah, sorry bud, I will give you the discount, but you can't use it. I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, COVID nineteen. I'm like, what? Uh, like it didn't like then was kind of like this is a thing and i'm a i'm a school teacher too i teach pre-k the senior high adapted music uh, adapted music course for kids with autism and like at the end of that day when i bought that coffee that morning they were like uh yeah we get off the next three weeks i'm like what <laughs> so it was like a double whammy
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it's insane don't so fast that's a that's
1: a huge transition i'm sure that that's a lot to, to handle for you
0: yeah, it's. I mean, we've been bouncing to online teaching and like I do a lot of bar gigs and nursing home gigs and teaching. So everything I'm I do is canceled, <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I do get way more sleep and way more practice time, and like, so I just got a that, routine I stick to every day, <laughs> like.
1: That yeah, that's where it's at. The routine, honestly, like yeah, yeah. I've been thinking a lot about that lately because I I was actually um a publication asked me to write an article about um just general creativity as songwriters yeah. and I, initially i was going to go one direction with it but when all this stuff happened i was like Nope, i'm going to switch gears and write something more topical about how to create in such uncertain times and the number one thing i like i kept thinking about and i ended up writing about that as a, as kind of like a first point was like you have to get into a routine like you have to you have to have a certain rhythm to your day and involve creativity in that rhythm and you know take care of your body take care of your mind all those things because otherwise it's just going to feel like nothingness honestly and it's so important
0: yeah no the routine is definitely the the practice of practices you know what i mean what's your do you have a routine that you're sticking to now
1: right now i do yes yeah what's um, it look like so i don't have a necessarily a specific wake up time because i find (laughs) that like sometimes i want to stay up late and watch something crazy or like talk to a friend and that's cool um but when i do wake up i meditate for 15 minutes at least um and then you know get myself some breakfast have some tea like get cleaned up for the day and just try and you know make my morning rhythm just be like calm and chill and you know all that stuff connect with friends whatever um I've been exercising a lot, which has been nice. great for like my general sense of well being so I'll usually do that after breakfast, have a smoothie create yeah. for like uh I'll usually spend the like the latter half of the afternoon just playing guitar writing um doing whatever I can creativity wise, and then somewhere on there I'll like work in like emails and um like written interviews now I'm doing and like you know phone calls like this or whatever. Um, And then I just have my evening, which is like mostly focused on like, hey, I'm going to like either cook for my family or my family is cooking together and we're just going to, you know, do that. And um, I try to also like carve out time to just chill, you know, and and have some relaxation in there, too, because I had a few days last week where I was getting so regimented with a routine and I was trying to cram so much into each day that I just wasn't giving myself time to breathe. So I'm trying to like balance that out.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of at that point right now. Like, I'm like trying to like, I'll just take another lesson. I'll learn. I'll go through this book on that thing. I'm like, oh it's it's three o'clock. But one thing I haven't, I haven't worked in yet is like time to write. Now that I got all this Mm. time to write stuff, and what's what's that look like for you when you are sitting down with your guitar? Are you like? Are you like meditating on an idea of like a feeling and trying to express it? Are you just learning some new chords or is it vague Mm -hmm. and whatever happens in that like set amount of time is what happens?
1: Hmm. I think it, it can be different from day to day, but a lot of the time for me, um, it's just like, I'll usually be playing around with some sort of guitar idea whether i'm making up something new or it's something i already had in mind you know i'll just i'll start with trying to find my way in a guitar part that feels good to me and then from there it's like i see if i hear a melody speaking to me or some sort of emotion like i write i write from a very emotional standpoint and so it's important for me to just have a piece of music that i can get immersed into and just see what comes up basically Um, so it is kind of meditative for me sometimes. Like it's, you know, it's not even that it's hit or miss. It's just, I have different emotional experiences on different days. And sometimes it comes out in a way that is like fun and sounds cool. And other times it's just not as it's not jiving as well. But I think the important thing for me has been to just do it every day. Cause if I don't do it every day, like I just, it throws me off, you know?
0: Yeah. No, the, that goes back to the whole routine thing and the importance of that.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So I was... Who was it? Um, Kate Hart. Do you know her? She's uh, from the Cleveland area. I don't
1: think I know her. I might have heard her name before.
0: I know she does the 10 by 3 a uh, fair amount, but she just oh. been doing this thing where it's like you have one hour to write a song. And I thought that was kind of a cool... A cool practice of just yeah. being in it, and like I was like, wow, that's a good idea. Just to spend an hour and whatever you do. But she's documenting it all. She's got this cool video series.
1: I love that. I, I think that's great.
0: Well, maybe maybe that's what you can do. you can do a, a Emily Keener one hour the write a song. No, <laughs> see,
1: um, I love the vibe of that because I think it um, a big thing for me in my own uh, practice has just been to try to take the pressure off of the end result yeah. um, and think of it more as like, I'm just here, I'm showing up to work. And I, you know, like, it's more about creating something than yeah. creating something great, you know, For sure. because if you are trying to go into it to create something great, there is, there's all this pressure, there's all this stress and expectation around it. And it's not the best creative environment for, like, for your mind, for your heart, whatever. Um, so it's, I think it's really powerful to take away that pressure and that expectation and, and kind of detach yourself from, uh, from that. Cause then it's like, you can have your personhood without having it be defined on like how cool your song you wrote that day was, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That, that makes okay. a lot of sense. If you have too much, too much, uh, too much stress, too much tension makes the snare drum pop, you know, and break, it's yeah. the sounding good. And, like, there's yeah. sounds like you've been doing some meditating, just being in it and being okay with where you're at with that and accepting what comes. And, like, I think that's definitely a skill a lot of us are going to need to get through all of this. <laughs> it's
1: a uh, main coping mechanism right now. <laughs> yeah.
0: Is it you a- need me? <laughs> I'll like, close my eyes for hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's like sleep, and I'm not asleep. No. Uh, yes. Is this a, a some a new practice you started, or have you been doing this? Like, I imagine like if you're at sixteen, going and doing the the voice, this big production, high end show that's seen by millions. You, there's some meditation, some mental uh, space you got yourself into then that, yeah, maybe carries through yeah. now, or is this a new I, practice?
1: That's a that's a really good point. I I think I've developed new practices over time, but a lot of my a lot of my more elevated practices or whatever probably began around then because I needed so much help to get through that experience. Like it was so overwhelming and stressful. I felt like I was going to die every day. (laughs) Like I was just so scared and um, it took a toll on my body too for sure. Like I was getting sick all the time and just like run down. Um, So I was, I was meditating every day. I was meditating before every performance. I was trying to, connect to my breath and and just level out my my mental state as much as I could uh because it was so intense um so now it's like I know the power that it has if that makes yeah. sense and, and yeah. now it's like I can use that as a tool in my life going forward
0: did someone suggest that while you're going through it or you're just like oh, I need to do something <laughs> you know what I mean because that's <laughs> yeah that's you I don't you're, know no like, there was no. There was no yogi,
1: <laughs> no guru. So I was already practicing yoga at that yeah. time, um, okay. and that was one, something that I had already used um, just as a spiritual, physical practice or whatever. Um, and so, meditation is touched on a lot in yoga. I had a lot of yoga teachers around me in my life, huh. and so I just meditation was kind of just. Um, I I feel like I always knew about it in a way like in my teen years like it was just like oh yeah meditation like that's great for you um and I ended up like I think my mom and I ended up getting this meditation app that we could use while we were out there kind of going through everything yeah just like little short like recorded guided meditations and stuff and it was a good like segue into into that so. so
0: did your parents introduce like yoga and meditation
1: they did not actually. Oh, okay. So that, that was mostly from my friends, uh, that I made through playing music.
0: Oh, okay. Um, the that bands makes, that I was in and all this stuff. That makes um, sense. The guitar players doing yoga. Yeah. I assumed. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that's so awesome.
1: yeah, I picked it up from, from lovely folks around me. My parents, um, I mean they were they obviously had other supportive like advice to give and stuff too that just came at it from a different angle. But my mom, yeah, she was down with the meditating too.
0: That's cool. That's cool that they got aboard with it. You know, that's being supportive uh, as well. Did you do your after, parents play music?
1: My dad does, yeah. yeah. So the guitar I play actually is his uh his guitar and he gave it to me when I got a little older, probably like around thirteen. Um
0: after you were already professional. You know, after you're gigging, enough, <laughs> maybe you could take the, what kind of guitar you, was it? So it's,
1: I have here, it? it's a Seagull guitar. I play it to this day. It's nice. like my, um, yeah, it's just like a cool, cool acoustic from the nineties. And I, he would let me borrow it for, for gigs and stuff. And I would practice on a smaller one at home. But then at some point it was just like, I was playing so often. It was like, well, it's kind of like yours now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah kind of pass it along to me but yeah my dad he would a up listening to him play a lot of a lot of music for the family
0: what kind of stuff was he playing
1: um like good amount of like classic country music johnny cash willie nelson um paul simon simon and garfunkel stuff yeah um elvis uh kenny rogers okay. rest in yeah, peace that's um, crazy, isn't it yeah, yeah. wild but you? yeah, just your classic your classics.
0: Wow, that's cool. So was he is he a guitar guy or is he more of a, a singer songwriter guy?
1: He's more of a guitar guy. Okay. Um yeah he wrote music that I knew of. Um so yeah, he's just always just really enjoyed playing guitar and, and singing. Uh yeah, and he just he really liked to play music for the for the family. That's so that cool. was the, my growing up.
0: Was it? I meant like was he like a, was he a fan of guitar or was he a because f- a f- um, f- or a fan of singer songwriters? But, um, I
1: a little probably a little bit of both. Like he was also into like heavier like guitar based music and stuff. Like he was in a metal band in college as well. So what? he
0: was like nice.
1: He was into both.
0: <laughs> Do you venture down yep. that way at all? Do you get into some heavier stuff? What's a? Or are you sticking um, kind of where you're at? <laughs>
1: As a performer, no. Like, even as a listener now, like it's not something I necessarily go out of my way to listen to. <laughs> to be honest, like I'm more like I I don't even know what to describe my music taste as being. Like I d- I definitely don't just listen to my own genre of stuff. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't find myself listening to the heavier metal or anything like that.
0: <laughs> That'd be kind of awesome if that's all you did listen to. <laughs> You're like right. yeah, I just listen <laughs> to hardcore, post punk, you know. What, <laughs> and you write that? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's cool. Um who are some singers, songwriters that or just singers or uh, guitarists that inspire you to when you're sitting down for that hour slotted time of being creative that you draw inspiration from? Let me rephrase it.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's a good question. I think, um, I'm trying to think of the bands that I've been really into lately, I'm really into Big Thief. Um, I love, I love that band a lot. Adrian Lenker is an amazing songwriter and, uh, her guitar parts are just like so solid. Um, so I really like, I listen and, and draw a lot from that as far as like inspiration of how to like break outside the box in my own like finger picking patterns and like lyrical ideas and stuff. Um, yeah, so I'm really, really into them. Who else? What else? listening to a lot of elliott smith lately as well he's one of my heroes nick drake um people who write really raw authentic lyrics and back it up with badass guitar parts and melody like i'm I'm super into that
0: nice fair enough i mean that's a broad enough thing to get into get into a lot and inspired by a lot
1: yeah yeah that's what i'm saying like i i feel like anything that's in that vein will at least get me intrigued you know
0: that's cool. What, like, what picking have you been working on? Is there any, like, like, pattern doing some of uh, Travis picking, doing some uh
1: I, <laughs> uh I don't even know what to call it. I don't even know what to call it. I would probably say, like, uh, a lot of the picking that I've done is probably re- reminiscent of, like, Joni Mitchell stuff and, like, okay. older, like, 70s songwriter-type styles. But I'm trying to, like, break out of that and explore different different uh different vibes it's one of the reasons I like Big Thief so much is they do a lot of really cool syncopated guitar parts that are super subtle yeah um but
0: they're
1: very very powerful and they create some really cool rhythms with that
0: and you make that cool wall that texture of sound that comes at you that you maybe you don't realize at first until you're picking it apart pun intended yeah yeah. Um,
1: you
0: do you uh have you ever messed with like open tunings like Joni does
1: I have yeah I've so there was a while, like when I finished up on the show, um, that I was writing like a few songs and some open tunings and stuff. But I think after a while, I just kind of stopped because I got tired of bringing two guitars to gigs. Yeah. I just like got lazy about it. But now I got back into it and I'm trying to experiment with that a little bit more, like dad gad stuff and open B and G and like fun, fun combos. So yeah. which is, it's cool. I like I like doing that.
0: That's cool. I think it like, it it opens it up. Everything you knew, like the standard approach you have to everything is just gone. Yeah. You know I mean, now you're just playing and you're just like, it's a whole new instrument to some degree.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It makes you, um, like you don't know what you're doing anymore. So you have to be like, I don't know. It's just yeah. like, it's kind of like around in the dark a little bit, which is fun. I like that.
0: Well, it keeps it fresh. Well, Emily, thank you so much for hanging out with me. I know we went over uh, the 20 minutes, I think. I think we said <laughs> we were going to do, but uh, this was a really great conversation, and I appreciate your time. And um, Thanks for having I think you're going to have a great time on Gaul's virtual show. I did the second one, and despite all this madness, it was like, okay, everyone's here. It was really like, I was hyped up for the next couple days. At, at playing uh, in my basement, you know what I mean, like to 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 my computer. So I think you're lovely. gonna have a great time.
1: Ah, uh, well, I'm super excited about it now, and and thanks for like making the effort to like get the word out about it and having fun. I really appreciate it.
0: Got it. All right, well, I'll tune in and I'll hear you on Friday, which is 8 p.m. And this Friday is March.
1: The 27th, I 27th, think,
0: 27th. right? 27th. <laughs> <laughs> Days. <laughs> All right, Emily, take care. Yeah,
1: you too. Catch you later.
0: Later.